So I'm cracking up, right, during the whole thing because had this been my old church and the, the power's going out and the wind's blowing and it's raining hard, the first thing they would have said is, all right, now, y'all got to get with me. The devil don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> they blame everything on the devil. The devil, the devil, the devil. And I'm like, it's... He has control of the weather? Is that yeah. what you're saying? That's it's like he has control of the weather? He's Come more, on, man. He's more powerful than, than 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 the Bible says he is. Right. It's like, come on, man. Like, don't don't do that. that that's and that's exactly he he don't want us to he don't want y'all to hear this. So y'all better get with me. The devil is working. He's busy. No. Yeah. No, that wasn't coming out today. Yeah. I'm glad because that would have made me leave. Yeah. I'd have been like, Matt, come, come on, on, man. I, I saw on the radar about eleven o'clock. It was it was Steady. coming through. Yeah, and that's what happened. Yeah, but it, I mean, it wasn't bad. Nah, and you know what was funny is that ne- right next to me it was more room, yeah. so people don't want to sit in the front like me. Yeah, like, but there was there was space. There was plenty and, of space. And I thought people were going to get up and leave, and people got up, and I thought, oh, people are going to leave, but they didn't all just moved in because mm-hmm. of the rain coming in on the side. It was it was yeah. fine. Yep, it's crazy. It's good. It's good for us to do it. It's, it's good to see. I was shocked how many people showed up. Honestly, I didn't think there'd be that many people there. So we were actually placing bets before service. Yeah, and uh, and Elise was like, I I, I think a hundred people are going to show up. And Steve was like, No, I I'd be surprised if fifty people show up. And I'm like, Wow, <laughs> about a hundred people showed up. Yeah, maybe even more. I don't know. I yeah. wasn't really counting, but. This is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. With me today is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? Man, I am excited to be with you. I'm excited to be with you as well. Be able to um, worship the Lord together in yeah. this rain. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It, it, it's a blessing. It, it's a blessing, and i tell you why it's a blessing. Uh, not just because we get to do it. You know, it's... I know that uh, it is it is a very restrictive time, but we are fortunate to be able to do it that Amen. way. Um, but also because of the joy of just the spontaneity sometimes of how God has you know providentially set this whole thing up. So mm-hmm. you know, excuse me, just having a a venue uh, of that we were not out in the rain; we yeah. were covered. Yeah. And uh, it was a little windy, and but and the power went out, uh, but it was actually really good. And we are referring to our Sunday service that we just had this week. Excuse me. And uh, Matt was uh, uh, preaching, <laughs> and as he was preaching, the power just went out. And when the power went out, that's when the rain picked up and the wind picked up. Yeah. So, you know, papers were flying everywhere. Like the worship team's <laughs> words were flying everywhere. It started raining into the pavilion at the edges. So people had to kind of adjust literally during the sermon. Yeah. And then Matt, uh, in the, in in the footsteps of the apostle Paul just kept preaching and kept preaching. Or was it Peter? Yeah. When the guy fell out the window because he fell asleep, Paul. It was, it was Paul. Okay, yeah. yeah. He just kept going. He just kept going and just kept preaching. <laughs> Nothing could stop him from preaching. I did, and, uh, I did pause for for about ten seconds. Uh, I would say three. <laughs> it was about three <laughs> seconds. And and then the thing about it is, when you paused, it was like a like one of those like like 
I'm just acknowledging what is happening, yeah. but it's this is technically still a part of the sermon. Like yeah. it's just it's just still there, yeah. you know. So I knew I lost my mic, so I had to pause to like think about it for a second. Right. And raise my voice. Right, just raise your voice a little just bit. Keep going. And and you know there were all types of like different things happening. Like I have never heard that many times in our service where people's water bottle had fallen <laughs> over. Like never in our and never in the time that we've been there. Uh, you know, under you know, it was cement ground, yeah. cement. So you can hear it. I've, I, yeah, and it's and it's metal clanging on on <laughs> cement. I've never heard it done that many times. Like it was, like it was, it was, it was louder than all the rest of the times because you didn't have a mic. So yeah. it was literally like, if people breathed a little too hard, you could hear it now because there was no mic, you know, yeah. over top of it. So. But yeah, you know the the kids and the babies—they always make noise. Like we expect them to make noise, and yeah. we, you know, we don't. We just, you know, we don't care about the the babies because they're going to do that anyway. Yeah. But the I say about four or five water bottles fell over yeah. during the whole time, yeah, and that's uh, funny. yeah. So, but yeah, it was an interesting time. Before we get started with our topic today, I have a a question about something that you said uh, a few weeks ago, right. and um, I wish I could pull up the clip. Uh, so people can hear it, um, but you were uh, it was it was during the men's Bible study, and you were talking about uh, um, you know just not I would say uh, people that were not as truthful as they usually are, um, and and then you mentioned salespeople, and you said that you couldn't be a salesperson. Uh oh. So I just need to, uh, you know, for the sake of me, uh, for the sake of uh, my friend Todd, who I definitely know is a believer and he's a salesperson, and for our our other friend Tim uh, Myers, you know, (laughs) I just want to know, like, what did you mean by you couldn't be a salesperson? yeah, I, I'll let you. I'll let you explain it. Was I giving you a hard time when I said that? No, you weren't. When when did I say? Because I can't. I can't remember saying it. So you're gonna make me pull up the clip. No, now you don't. I mean, you don't have to do that. I just can't remember saying it, so it's hard for me to go back and and say what I was saying. But well, I can the, tell you what I was probably saying. The context was faithfulness, obviously, because okay. that's what you are talking about in men's Bible study. Yeah, and you know, I was like, okay, well, I I need to know like. What do you mean you couldn't be a salesperson? Yeah, I'd have to listen to it, but probably what I meant, because I've said something similar to that in the past, and that I'm not a used car salesman. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, not that salespeople are all uh, um, manipulators or anything like that, but just that analogy of, yeah, a lot of times in sales, that's what people do. Mm -hmm. They manipulate things and and, uh, data so that they can heighten the need for the the product they're selling or whatever, right? That's part of sales tax tactics. And my point was, yeah, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the sense of the gospel, a lot of preachers are nothing more than salesmen. Mm-hmm. So this is where this comes out in, in preaching, where the preacher is nothing more than a glorified salesman, where he's selling the gospel to you mm-hmm. and he's manipulating you to embrace the gospel. And so he uses all kinds of tricks and, and again, uh, you know, messes with the, data so so much like the truth mm-hmm. to twist it and to turn it to some kind feed his his agenda or whatever his his uh, shtick that he's using to sell his product and it's like yeah and paul that's what paul means when he talks about in uh, what is it uh second corinthians 4 when he talks about we are not we are not like those who peddle 
the word of God. Mm-hmm. He's talking about he's talking about that whole idea of like the carpet bagger and the the salesman who peddles, you know, who's kind of selling his wares as a liar, as a cheat, and mm-hmm. and which is what the false apostles did. And so, so I was probably referencing something like that, but yeah. didn't clarify myself yeah. as I needed to. And I figured that that was it, it wasn't like uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with sales. Yeah, matter of fact, honestly, now that I think about it, now you bring it up. I was in sales for many years. I mean, mm-hmm. as, as a small business guy, which I, I was, and we had our own business, I mean, that's what I did. I sold heating and air conditioning equipment to mm-hmm. both commercial and residential all the time, yeah. sitting in people's homes and telling them why they need a new unit. So right. so in that sense, yeah, I, I I did that. So there's nothing wrong with with that profession, not because I did it, but it's it's part of what we do. Mm-hmm. in life so but yeah. but there is a side to it that is we all know is it's scary yeah right and and i think that when you said it it wasn't as clear as it probably should have been oh, I'm sure. and the reason why is you know people will um like i said something on the podcast a few weeks ago and people can take that little sound bite and say well yeah. see you know but um the reason why I even bring that up is because of uh, the last sermon that you preached. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about the traditions of men coming out of Mark 7. And, uh, you know, the traditions of men basically, you know, being uh, in that time frame with the Pharisees and uh, the, you know, from the elders, that, that tradition coming down. Yeah. Being in their eyes more important than the actual word of God. Yep. And uh, the reason why I even do that is because what, a lot of salesmen will like to do is they'll like to make what they make way more important yeah. uh, than what the actual needs of the customer is. Yeah, absolutely. And excuse me. Yeah. I, I like that comparison because the Pharisees yep. were doing the same thing. Totally. They were looking at their themselves as the, you know, they, they wanted to gain for themselves the honor. And They're the product. The glory. You need us. Right. You need us. Without us, you can't get to God. Yeah. Versus, you know, you need to really uh, let the scripture, you know, wash over you and yeah. learn the scripture. Or you need to go to God. Right. They're saying you need to come through us mm-hmm. to get to God. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. So Because that's you, what they were. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what they were and that's exactly what they did as exactly what many preachers do today. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you need me or you can't do this without me or whatever. And yeah, it's it's not true. And this is also, I also want you to kind of expand on those, those points because part of this, part of that, that part of your sermon probably wasn't heard. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people weren't there. They were live streaming. Yeah. So some of that I do want you to kind of go over, sure. uh, especially when you're at the, uh, uh, the middle, what was the middle of my notes? Oh, um, today's sermon? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on the, I, I, on said, the I said today, but the distortion I, I, of the truth. I said your last sermon, just so it's like you know, not like hey, you know, because okay, they, everybody knows we record on Sunday yeah. after church, so yeah, yeah today's sermon, yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah, the distortion that part, yeah. you know, I think it cut out half. Oh yeah, it did actually. What I'm gonna do because it, I mean, we lost it mm-hmm. when all the power went out, and and yeah, so I knew that was. That we we were done with that, and all of our folks who were watching at home for sure they lost everything. But by way of watching the service, but I'm just gonna repreach it. Okay, just just on camera for okay. the people. That's what I was telling Steve and Tim. We're asking what they want to do, so I'll come in probably next week and just repreach the old sermon so we can record it 
okay and have it you know in that slot of mark so that there's no void there otherwise there's not going to be anything there right and honestly the text and what we dealt with is way too important because it's a serious it's a serious matter that needs to be spoken especially for our people and that's yeah that, I, honestly this text this sermon was the, one of the reasons why I broke up this section in three sermons. Mm-hmm. I know in the beginning people were like, how's he going to preach three sermons out of this 13 verses? I had to when I originally set out to do this because I knew I had to deal with the fifth commandment, and I knew I couldn't deal with that as an add-on, which was verses 9 to 13. I knew I couldn't just tack that on to verses 6 to 8 like last week, although you can clearly the grammatically it flows but I couldn't, I couldn't exegete it in one sermon. It's too important. That fifth commandment is so, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, so not biblically understood. Mm-hmm. And even today's comments after the sermon proved exactly what I, what I was thinking. As a pastor, of all the things that I've been asked, the top three, this one is always there. I get asked I get asked about the fifth commandment as much as anything. I don't understand why. Because I'll tell you why, because of what I preached on today. Because one, either people are confused about honoring their father and mother, or more most specifically, they're dealing with split families and broken families or ungodly parents and they're wrestling with how do I honor my mom and dad, even though they don't love Christ or they're they don't want me to honor them. What do I do with this? How do I? How am I faithful to this command and yet not compromise the word? I get asked that all the time, hmm. which is interesting because all that shows, one is it shows how divided the family is in mm-hmm. our culture today. Mm-hmm. That you, Like I said at the end of the service where I was talking about how, how uh, uh, a healthy church and one of my prayers for our church is that you will see generational Christianity filling the church where fathers and sons are worshiping together, mm-hmm. even as adults, mm-hmm. right? And that grows over time, and that's one of the goals, honestly, pastoral goals I have for our church to see that happen. And But I mean, that's so uncommon in churches today, mm-hmm. but uh, in large part because the family's so divided, mm-hmm. so divided, and so uh, it just that just proves that point. It comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, so I can't just let that hang out there, uh, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm going to re-preach it, and it, it, just so that it's there for resource for future for people to, mm-hmm. our people in particular, to grow in it. Because uh, I get asked it all the time, and I can just say, go back and <laughs> go back and listen to that sermon. It'll be helpful. You know, it's uh, amazing when we look at the, um, and I honestly think that you plan this somehow. You planned all of the riots. You planned Black Lives Matter, and now you're preaching on family. I think that this is a conspiracy, and you're I, at the middle of the conspiracy. I don't. I don't have any power to do <laughs> barely tie my shoes, let alone let alone do all these things. And if I did, I wouldn't do them. Because, right? and I say that because there's such a, a cool flow that is going. It's the word of God. Yeah, man. and it's, it's all living and right active there. and sharper than any double-edged sword. Yeah, it's all we need. Mm-hmm. It is sufficient. It is completely and utterly sufficient for everything we need for life and godliness. Mm -hmm. It touches on every subject, every area. You don't need to go hunting for it. You just need to let it out. 
Yeah. Like Charles Spurgeon used to say, I don't need to defend the Bible. I just let it out of the cage. Mm-hmm. Let the lion out of the cage, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I love Bible exposition. We were talking about it on the way home from camp. I just, I love Bible exposition because mm-hmm. as you just go word by word, verse by verse, it just comes out. Yeah. And now we get to talk about the fifth commandment, honoring your father and mother, because there it is in the text. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Got to deal with it. Got to explain it. So, because it's so crazy that like I, okay. So a coworker asked me, um, what I thought or how I felt about another coworker on Friday, which is casual Friday, wearing a, Black Lives Matter t-shirt to yeah. work. Yeah. And this is a black coworker too. It's like, how you feel about that? And so I had to like slowly answer her because yeah. there's yeah. a fire within me that'll be like, oh, yeah. you know, another thing about black, you know, I just go off. You don't want to pull out the fire hose. I don't want to pull out the fire hose. Or, or what we would call the gospel. Yeah. Double barrel. Yeah. <laughs> It's by KJV sixty six. Yes, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I used to say that back in the day, but now I say the ESV sixty six. <laughs> <laughs> but but like she asked me that question, and I'm like, uh, well, I'll put it to you like this. I said one. Um, I think that one nobody, none of the supervisors that are white will be able to say to her, "Hey, you can't wear that shirt here." They can't. Because if you disagree with that, you are disagreeing with the entire movement. You hate black people. You're racist. I started there. Second thing is, um, I guarantee that if that particular person had looked at um, the website, they have some questions. Yep. And I start going through it, and I'm like, you know, this is what's on the website, and you know, just check it out for yourself. And then I said this, which had a different type of impact and i as i'm as i'm saying this i'm I'm remembering that i told this particular co-worker that i did a podcast so that particular co-worker might be listening which is fine because i'm not gonna say anything bad or negative yeah. anyway but i told this particular co-worker i said go to the website i was like look at their uh what we believe statement it says nothing about the black man particularly it you know secondary there's yeah. a secondary reference when it talks about transgender about yeah at best yeah but there's nothing about black men or black fathers and it was started because of the whole michael brown incident so this co-worker was like i did not know any of this mm-hmm. and the thing that got me so like riled up about it is because when people don't know something about this it's like this is an easy conversation to have and then I went further and said, well, you know, um, the issue with black America is really, it really has to do with, and then literally that same night, I had the same conversation with another group of friends where it's like the family, the the breakdown of the family and the lack of fathers is the number one mm-hmm. uh, thing that's the issue in black America. You can ask anybody that's thinking and look at the history from like, you know, the, the, the 18, whatever to, you know, 2020. And you can see consistently that the lack of fathers in the home, now that can be black, white, whomever, the lack of fathers in the home is where the issues begin to, to start. And as I thought through this entire like this sermon today. So I'm thinking through and I'm like, you know, the, the lack of fathers is definitely an easy way 
for you to break this commandment mm-hmm. because your brain automatically goes to, well, I don't mind honoring my mother. I'm okay with that. It's easy. I can do that. But honor my dad, I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He did this to me. He did that to me. So this is very, very painful to do. Yeah. So when you say that that's one of your top three, as I think through it, it's like, you know what? I definitely can see that. Yeah. You know. And because the fathers have abandoned the children in so many ways, not just what you're talking about, which is clearly an issue, but whether it's emotionally, whether it's spiritually, physically, many fathers have abused their children in various ways, neglected them, you know, just it's awful. Mm-hmm. And so the re- repercussions of that is is a great uh, um, aggravation and animosity mm-hmm. towards the father and, and, uh, and a seeming inability to honor. And that's a man, that's that's difficult. That's real. Like I kept saying today in church, that this is the real muck mm-hmm. of ministry that you have to swim through mm-hmm. in fallen world and fallen families. And yet the command is there and you have to work through that and and mature through it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the beauty of the command. It's constantly there rubbing, right? And mm-hmm. and kind of polishing as you start out like hating it, wanting nothing to do with it. And then slowly you're like, all right, I guess I better figure out what it means. And then a little while later, it's like, all right, so how do I do this? And mm-hmm. that's the blessing of God's word. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. It's constantly rubbing up against you. Yeah. And I I love that about the word. So speaking of the word, which brings us right to the basically the topic of today. And the reason why we, yeah, I kind of went around Robin Hood's yeah, barn to good. get to it, but it's it all, it, it's all, uh, yeah. it's all in the same subject. Yep. So the, the scripture that has been rubbing me the wrong way, yep. and I would, I would definitely say that it's the polishing that's happening is, and I wrote this out, uh, well, I typed it out on a piece of paper and it's hanging in my kitchen. Proverbs. Chapter 20, uh, verse 4 through 6. I'm going to read it. The sluggard, no, sorry, 5 through 7. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. The righteous who walk in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. And that has been messing with me, like, for weeks. And the really focusing on verse 6, uh, the 6B, I would say, but a faithful man who can find. Yeah. And so much I want to say, like, yeah, it's me here. But then I'm like, nope, put your hand down. It's like, oh, wait, wait, I can put my hand up now. But no, 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 put your hand down. And that has been, like, my, like, focus verse for, like, the past good. couple of weeks. That's a good one. And as you're talking about faithfulness, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, faithfulness, not just on my sales job, mm-hmm. you know, not lying to people, just being straight up with people and, you know, being able to say, you know what? I sold this with integrity. Yep. I didn't lie to them. I was very truthful with them. Um, also, and, and back it up even further, um, being faithful to my wife, you yes. know, uh, not having wandering eyes, not yep. having eyes that are, uh, not focused on her, but also being content. Yep. You know, even when she would say or do something that I don't like, being content and uh, having a lot of grace on 
you know, with her, mm-hmm. um, because I recognize that I have, I, I need grace more than she does, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's kind of where the topic is today. And that faithfulness, uh, the word that has been like messing with me as well. Uh, when we talked about faithfulness is, is fortitude. Yep. Cause I'm like, I think of fortitude. I think of like this huge, like massive building that, you know, there are plenty of bombs trying to hit it and people are throwing grenades and it just doesn't move and doesn't go anywhere. And steadfast. That's another one. It's like, yep. man, that has been messing with me and Good. just being, you know, and just me wanting to, you know, just to stay steadfast and stay uh, faithful, yeah. you know. So, so I don't even know how to start off the conversation. That's really more of like a, hey, this is where we are. This is kind of where we're going. But the 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 lack of fathers and lack of faithful men, yeah, is really where we are. It's. It- it's it's the issue with the BLM movement. It's the issue with the social justice movement. It's the issue um, in our world. Really, mm-hmm. it really comes down to uh, what we you know what we need is the gospel um, without question. But what we need is men, mm-hmm. men being overwhelmed, converted, regenerated, transformed by the gospel. Because God's design has always been that men would lead. We're in a world that hates men. It's been that way since the 90s. You can even view it in media where the sitcoms and television shows and everything started to turn mm-hmm. and make man the brunt of all the jokes. He was the village idiot, and women were raised up as, as you know, from a whole nother platform as the one who always has to pick man up. And, I mean, that's that's been the case. They've been building that case. It was part of the not only the feminist agenda, but the homosexual agenda and all this stuff. And this has been happening for years. Now it's just blatantly out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we live in a world that hates manhood, hates manliness, right? Uh, an effeminate man has a much better way than, than a masculine man. And a masculine man, not in the, not in the uh, Rambo, you know, uh, you know uh, strong Hercules type, but a masculine man who's faithful who's marked by steadfast, gentle love, mm-hmm. who's meek and mild, yet he is resolute under fire. He will not compromise. You take, I mean, just look at what happened to Mike Pence when he said he doesn't, he won't get in the car with a woman that's not his wife alone, right? They tore and him up. They tore him up. And mm-hmm. that's a, that is, that is in, in that declaration, that is a faithful man, mm-hmm. right? That is a, in every way, a man's man. That's a masculine man who says, yeah, I'm not going to do that, right? And it, our world eats you alive. But you take a man who has multiple affairs, multiple whatever, all right, I can deal with that. That's our world. So, I mean, they, they hate it. So, so you can embrace a man's man worldly view. Our world will gladly see the womanizer, who's debonair and who's a double talker, right? Double tongued. He speaks kind this way, but he's really out to abuse you and Mm -hmm. use you. The world loves that, but the Bible hates that. That's a a faithless man. Mm. That's a hypocrite, right? And so if you take the, the biblical reality of manhood and embrace it, you're, you're, you're swimming upstream at best. You're going against the current. You're going to be bumped. You're going to be hit. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be assaulted all the time. Because our world hates it, because you just become one large 
um, conviction of a man that fights against everything the world wants. And uh, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle in your job. You're gonna, I mean, it's just the way it is. Yet that's what our world needs. That's what we've been placed on this world as men to do is to be a picture of Christ, because that's why Christ, he was the man's man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we desperately need that, desperately need it. And uh, But, yeah, and it's interesting because one of the things that a, um, that a godly man, a faithful man will do is honor his father and mother, mm-hmm. even when, um, from the world standpoint, they're dishonorable, right? He'll still show respect. He'll, show, he'll still show dignity. Right, because everyone retains dignity no matter what they do. Right, that's why we embrace life. We protect all life, even the lives of our enemies, even the lives of those who hate us. We would protect because they're made in the image of God. Only God has the right to take life, and the death penalty is given by God in uh, Genesis um, eight and nine, and it's given to the government to to do, but that is a serious thing. We don't have that right. Mm-hmm. Only God does, and he gave it to the government to do, not to us. That's why he says, don't take vengeance on yourself, because the image of God is so serious, and we take it serious. So we seek to protect all life, unless it's in self-defense, in which we're protecting life, we're protecting our own. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the man's man is... Um, even even when he's dealing with parents that that have disowned him or disrespected him or don't like him, even there he shows respect and honor. Why? Because he wants to honor the Lord, right? It's like a wife who submits to her husband. A faithful wife, a godly wife, will submit to her husband. You know, at at whatever level she can, at whatever level she must is a better way to say it. Um, not if he's abusing her physically or, you know, whatever, that's different. I'm not talking about at all costs, but the command is clear. You, you submit to your husband, even if he doesn't love the Lord, even if he's not treating you the way you think you should be treated, you submit to him anyway. And, uh, first Peter three, one, one to six is clear. This is pleasing to God. This is what Sarah did before Abraham. This is what the godly women of old did. And it's precious in God's sight. But you do that not because of your husband. You do it because you do it to the Lord. So a godly man can honor his father and mother not because necessarily because of them, but because of God, because his focus is on the Lord, and it's like, I want to respect them and honor them because they've been given to me by, by you, and they've raised me or did whatever they did, and even if they didn't, they're still my parents, and in your sight, they hold a responsibility by their position as parents, and I'm going to honor them for that. Again, that a weak man can't do that. A weak man's driven by his emotions, who says, you didn't do this, so I'm not going to do that. That's a weak man. Mm-hmm. But a godly man says, it's not about me, it's not about my emotions. This is what God says. This is what is true. This is what I'm going to do. And uh, yeah, again, that's, that's not easy at all, especially in our world, but that's the calling. And... Uh, that's what a real man does. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You even see Christ honoring and obeying his parents. He's the perfect one. They're the imperfect ones. Mm-hmm. And he obeys and honors them. Mm-hmm. Think about that, growing up as a child, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he gets chided by them when he uh, is is in the temple teaching at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. All the Pharisees, the scribes, all the rabbis, and they, you know, yell at him, chide him, scold him for not coming, you know, following the caravan back 
back home and they lose him and then they finally find him and they're like, where are you? What were you doing? What were you thinking? And didn't you know I have to be about my father's mm-hmm. work, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and yet what does the text say? And he went home with them, right? Mm-hmm. Honored them, obeyed. And so there's something, there's something powerful to be learned from that. Yeah. Even when we're dealing with, as we all are, imperfect parents, because myself included, all of us are, and we have to deal with uh, times of disagreement and even times of disrespect we might get from them, which is all wrong and needs to be handled with wisdom and grace. But yet we need to be careful that when we return, whatever our comment, whatever our response is, it needs to be done honorably. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So we're going to stop here and then come back next time. But now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal, conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day, be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at The Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.